Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is the Epistle Lesson, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 through chapter 5, verse 2. We read in Jesus' name. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of every kind of bitterness, rage, anger, quarreling and slander, along with every kind of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Excuse me, forgiven us. Therefore, be imitators of God as His dearly loved children, and walk in love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. These are the words of our text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. They are the truth. We ask you to sanctify us through them. Amen. In Christ Jesus, who loved us, and gave himself as a fragrant sacrifice to God so that we could be redeemed. Dear fellow redeemed. My brother and I had eight sows and we raised piglets. We would keep the piglets until they were old enough to be weaned from their mothers. Then they would be loaded onto the back of a truck and my dad would drive them to the auction on the edge of town. For the pigs to be sold, they had to be branded. Now, a, a pig brand is different from a cattle brand. A cattle brand, the brand is heated in a fire and then a burn is used to mark the beast. Pig brands are different. They're needles or spikes that are dipped in ink and then the pig is struck with those spikes and it leaves ink in the skin. Some ways it's like a tattoo. And so, all of these pigs we would have to hit with this spike and leave the ink behind. My brother and my brand was G.T. Hart. Every one of those pigs was identified as our possession because they had that mark on them. G.T. Heart. Our text tells us that we have been marked, not with a brand, but with a seal. That seal is the Holy Spirit. And that seal identifies us as God's possession. In the words before us, God speaks to us as His dearly loved children. And He counsels us in how He wants us to live as His dearly loved children. He urges us to imitate Him. If anyone leaves here this morning unchallenged spiritually, 
they have not listened and not taken this word of God to heart. This is a tough text. God is urging us to do things that are not natural to us. He is teaching us that we are united with Christ to be imitators of God. He encourages us, commands us to be loving even when angry and to be tender-hearted. Pastor, God was sure angry in the Old Testament. That comment was said to me by a lifelong uh, Lutheran in Bible study one day. Sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we can come away with that conclusion. God was angry back then. The Old Testament is certainly full of accounts where God's anger over sin is clearly portrayed for us. For example, when the children of Israel worshipped the golden calf and 3,000 were killed by the swords of the Levites, or when 24,000 Israelites were killed by a plague because the men of Israel had sexual relations with the women of uh, Moab and worshipped Baal of Peor. God's anger over sin was clearly evident. But even in these situations, God was working in love. John was right in his epistle when he told us God is love. Even in those examples, God was lovingly showing the seriousness of sin. God was showing that sin has consequence. And he was calling his people to repentance. God also forgave and took his people back. Yes, God has righteous anger over sin. But his righteous anger is always guided by His love. We are to be imitators of God. Therefore, we are to be loving even when angry. God, through our text, through Paul, says, get rid of all bitterness, excuse me, every kind of bitterness, Rage, anger, quarreling, and slander, along with every kind of malice. Every one of these things is rooted in anger. And Paul has a progression in that list. Anger begins inside the person, hidden from the world, but when left unchecked, will grow and overflow into words and actions. Now before we look closely at this list, we actually have to look about four verses before our text and see what God says about anger. Paul there quotes Psalm 4 and comments on it. He said this, be angry 
Yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil an opportunity. As we look at this list of Paul, we must keep in mind and understand that God is not forbidding all anger. Anger itself is not a sin. Anger can cause us to sin. And so as we ponder this list, keep that in mind. Anger is not necessarily a sin, but it can cause us to sin. So the angry spiral down that Paul lists begin with bitterness. Bitterness is inside a person. Maybe because of something they did against us, we resent them. They have left a, a bad taste in our mouth. When bitterness intensifies, it becomes rage. Rage is a, a bubbling anger that is hard to suppress. Some people have translated it in this text as exasperation. As that anger bubbles away, sometimes it becomes evident with angry outbursts. When rage intensifies, it becomes outright anger. The anger can no longer be contained, but boils over into words and becomes evident to all. The next stage, Paul says, is quarreling. The Greek word actually means loud scream. So now the anger is overflowing and screaming is happening. And if left unchecked, you will reach the next part of the spiral. Slander. The Greek word is actually blaspheming. At this point in the spiral, the person is so angry that they're actually cursing the other person. They want the worst to happen to that person. Paul doesn't continue the spiral. But it's easy to see how if this anger, as volatile as it is at that point, were left unchecked, it would lead to bodily harm and even murder. The full progression of anger. And murder is how God sees our anger when it causes us to hate someone. God caused John to write, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. In God's eyes, it were just as if the whole progression had happened and you had killed the person. How do we feel when we're angry? That's actually a tr trick question because I'm not actually asking about your emotions but about your thinking. When we are angry, I'm going to suggest that most of the time we feel, we think, we are justified. Someone has hurt us in some ways, 
someone has done something or maybe many things that have caused us to be angry. That may be true. And that is the devil's foothold. The devil wants your anger to change your heart towards that person. He wants you to seek ways to make that person suffer just like they have made you suffer. Maybe even reasoning, they need to learn what it feels like. When anger is used to change our heart, our attitude towards that person, it causes us to sin. It causes us to live contrary to the way God would have His children live. As dearly loved children, God wants us to forgive one another. Don't let the wrongs that someone has committed against you change your heart. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Remember what Paul said. Be angry, yet do not sin. When we allow anger to change our hearts, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote to the Galatians and expressed what the Spirit is trying to work in all of our hearts. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit is working to produce these things in you. He is there to help you control your anger. So that even in your anger, you can be loving and tender-hearted. We are united in Christ to be imitators of God. This is the way that He loves us. I told you, this text was tough. What could be more difficult than being tender-hearted to someone that has hurt us. That is supernatural. Now the reason that I'm using the word tender-hearted is that is what the word compassionate really means. Sometimes to me, compassionate comes across as distant and cold. Tender-hearted really gets to the issue. God wants me to forgive in my heart. God wants me to love in the innermost part of me. God wants to change my heart. God wants me to be tender-hearted. A very popular Lutheran commentator, R.C.H. Linsky, explained this, this tender-heartedness in direct application to our text. This is what he said. Let us put this plainly, since even pastors misunderstand it, 
The moment a man wrongs me, I must forgive him. Then my soul is free. If I hold the wrong against him, I sin against God and against him and jeopardize my forgiveness with God. Whether the man repents, makes amends, asks for my pardon or not, makes no difference. I have instantly forgiven him. He must face God with the wrong he has done. But that is his affair and God's, not mine. Save that in the case he is a brother, I should help him in a, according to Matthew 18, etc. But whether this succeeds or not, and before this even begins, I must forgive him. Who can possibly love and forgive like this? This is truly supernatural. But who can do it? You. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God is working this type of love inside of you. God the Holy Spirit is producing this fruit in your lives. As difficult as it may be, God wants your heart to be soft and tender to one another, to be tender-hearted, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Lenski continued to give a very specific application for working out a quarrel between two Christians. He said this, The Christian way of settling quarrels is the easiest thing in the world. The pastor is not to bring the two quarreling persons together in order to decide who is wronging, who is wronged, when there is perhaps guilt on both sides, what degree of guilt is, the degree of guilt is, and how it is to be apportioned. Can the pastor act the part of God and see into the hearts? No. Let him go to each separately and see to it that each from the heart forgives as God has forgiven him in Christ. Let him make, make each face God until any grudge in his heart has disappeared. Then, and not until then, let the pastor bring them together in God's name. Then after each has in his heart forgiven the other, hands and hearts will go out, lips will confess any wrong which either or both have done, and the quarrel will be ended to stay ended. Are you having trouble forgiving someone? Are anger and resentment residing in your heart? God wants your heart to be soft. And He makes it so by loving you unconditionally. God has forgiven all of your sins. Just think for a moment. 
How angry should God be at you because of the offenses that you have committed against Him? How often have you disobeyed God's Word even deliberately? Yet do you know what God has done with His anger? He has focused it on Jesus. Peter spoke of that when he said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. God focused his anger over your guilt upon Jesus. Or as our text says, Jesus loved us and gave himself as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God is not angry at you. He has forgiven you. That word translated forgiven means to forgive on the basis of one's gracious attitude towards an individual. You do not deserve for God to forgive you. Because of Christ, you are forgiven. You do not deserve for God to love you. Because of Jesus, you are God's dearly loved child. You are graciously forgiven. You are God's dearly loved child. God has been and is tenderly loving you. So when your heart points to the sin that someone else has committed against you, you point your heart to the amazing grace of God. You point to the great guilt that you have before God and how Jesus' blood has washed that guilt away. Point to the seal that marks you as God's child that tells you that you are His. Then your anger will dissipate and your heart will be softened to be tender-hearted to one another. This is what it means to be an imitator of God. You are marked not with a brand but with a seal. The Holy Spirit you belong to God. He bought you with the blood of His own Son. You are forgiven and believe that Jesus is your Savior. You are united with Christ to be imitators of God. I told you this was a hard text. Every one of us should leave here today challenged to love God, love one another in the same way that God has loved us. May He continue to pour out that seal, that Holy Spirit upon us so that we can truly be tender-hearted and forgive one another from the heart. God grant it to His glory. Amen.
please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.